Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Hello, hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are doing amazing. Welcome to Sasha Spins. What are we talking about? What are we talking about today? We are talking about the shows that I watched in 2020. Wrapped. So we are in a pandemic. Before we were in this pandemic and quarantine, I really didn't have time to sit down and watch TV. And also, I just don't have a lot of patience for TV shows, especially if they're series, right? Like, I love The Simpsons is my favorite show. If you didn't know that about me, now you know, baby. But um, The Simpsons is my favorite show. And I think the one thing I like about it most is that it's not one of those shows that requires continuity. I don't need to watch the episode before to understand what's going on now. Every single episode is enough to stand on its own. And I love that about any kind of TV show that I can watch like that. I honestly will love it. But just sitting down and watching series, I really don't watch that snowband. I will, as we've been dating or as we've been married, when we were dating, we would have like a show that we would, that we could both watch together and we would just put it on during dinner or when we're, you know, during dinner because he's one of those people and it's a habit that I've been trying to get him out of since we first started dating, but he is one of those people, he's a TV person. I didn't grow up watching TV while we were eating, so it's not a habit that I got into. I didn't grow up with the TV in my room, so I don't need the TV on when I'm going to sleep, and he does. And so it's a habit that we've been in it for 10 years. Maybe I can break him of it someday, but it's not the worst thing in the world. It's a nice opportunity to like, you know, it's something that we enjoy and we'll do it together. And he will take on some of my little habits and I'll take on some of his. And one of the habits that I've taken on of his that I guess I don't mind too, too much is having a TV show that we can watch together. So because we've been in this quarantine, however, I have found myself this year watched more TV than normal. And there are some shows that I hated, some shows that I loved, some shows that I absolutely did not finish, some shows that I watched again. And we're going to get right in on into it today. So we are going to first, it's so easy to talk about what you hated. I'm going to talk about a show that I loved. I absolutely, well, we're still in the process of watching it. I never even liked the original Karate Kid movie. I don't think I've ever watched it, to be perfectly honest. I don't think I've ever watched the Karate Kid. But I am loving Cobra Kai. We are still in the process of watching it. And I think I'm on like episode four or five right now. And I surprisingly like it. And this is a surprise for me because I do not care for TV shows that feature teenagers. I I just, I don't know. I think we talk about them too much. Our society, we have this perverse obsession with teenagers. And I don't think it's that terribly exciting of a time in our lives to where we need to be watching or filming shows surrounding teenagers. I just I just don't. I never have and I never will. So because of that, it is genuinely surprising to me how much I like this show. And also, there's very little diversity 
in the show. Very little diversity. So right off the bat, I've talked about this before, but right off the bat, the first episode, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. I don't really see any people of color. And the only people of color, she's like, you know, they, she's again, a supporting character and only exists for people to make fun of. So I didn't really think that I was going to like the show because of that. But there is something about that freaking show that is just compelling to me. Like, <laughs> So I really... I really liked it, still in the process of watching it, and will probably finish the series. I think that's one series that I'm going to finish. And uh, if you've been watching it, let me know your thoughts about it. But I am really enjoying Cobra Kai. So the big, one big show of this year that everybody was talking about, that Snow Bay really wanted to watch and was excited to watch, was The Queen's Gambit. And y'all... If you follow me on Instagram, I've already talked about it a little bit there. But I did not care for the Queen's Gambit. First of all, like I said, there was just no diversity, none whatsoever. They did have Jolene. Jolene was her friend from the orphanage, her black friend. And I really like Jolene's character. I was like, oh my God, she is so much more fascinating and interesting than Elizabeth. Like, can we get a show about Jolene? Like Jolene is doing things. Why are we focusing on Elizabeth? And I think that what I did not like about Elizabeth is that I am really big on character development. I'm going to need to see a story arc. I'm going to need to see your beginning, your middle, and your end. And if we don't see your end, at least I want to see some growth. With Elizabeth, there was no growth. There was zero growth at all. Like she kept on doing the same shit and you could see it coming from a mile away. Like I could have written the script. So because I, I was just so done with her character and then when she went off to, I'm not gonna give away the, you know what? I'm on the fence about spoiler alerts. There are people out there who get very emotional about spoiler report, spoiler alerts. I am not one of those people. So before I even get into this, if The Queen's Gambit is a show that you want to watch and you have not watched it yet, turn off this podcast because there will probably be a spoiler alert and I don't need anyone jumping in my DMs, pissed off, cussing me out because you cannot read slash listen. I'm telling you now, there may be a spoiler or two in here. So if you haven't watched it all the way through... I did not bother watching it all the way through. I'm not going to lie. I think I watched it up until the last episode. And then I could just not, I could not bring myself to watch it anymore. And I could not bring myself to watch it after she lost to that guy again. The really big, important guy, Borgov or Borgdov or whatever his name was. He was the Russian champion and she was supposed to beat him. And then she got fucked up the night before she went to the bar when she knew she was not supposed to go to the bar. And you you knew she was going to go, though. Like, I had an ounce of faith in her. But as soon as she put on her dress and went to go meet that girl at the bar, I was like, let me turn this shit off because I already know what's going to happen. There's going to be no growth. And sure enough, there was no growth. So I was like, I don't even want to finish this and waste my time. But if the creators, if they say they're going to give Jolene a show, I will 100% be there. But Elizabeth, I'm done with her character. I did not care for her. So I already told you that Snowman and I, we have a lot of shows that we watch together that we watch over dinner. And so he generally picks them because I'm not a big TV TV person. And if there are certain shows that I'm going to watch on my own, I, he probably won't be interested in them. Like a show that I picked up this year that I started watching on my own was The Real Housewives of Potomac. Y'all, that show has been on apparently since 2016, 2015. 
never watched that show before. And I, I don't even know how I got into it. I think it was because of very recently they had their reunion show and one of the characters she brought a binder full of receipts. And I was like, whoa, this is sassy. I kind of like this because that's just, that's just me. That's how I'm coming. If I was on one of these reality TV shows, that's how I would be coming. I would watch all the episodes. I would study them, see what everybody said, be writing stuff down, and then show up to the reunion with a freaking binder. So the character, the, one, of the, um, one of the housewives, Monique, she brought a binder full of receipts and then just started dragging one of the other girls. And I was like, oh my God, she's a, shit is interesting. But I was like, let me rewind. So I started watching it. It's funny, I watched like all of this season and then I went back and started, one of my girlfriends was like, don't start with season one, it's trash. So I watched the entire season five, came back and watched season two and then I've been starting it from there. So I made my way through all of season two, probably gonna start on season three. But from what I'm seeing so far, I really, I really like it. It reminds me of the Real Housewives of Atlanta and out of all of the Housewives franchises, the only one I've been able to get into before this was the Housewives of Atlanta. And I I will honestly say I see a cast full of black women and they look relatable to me. They are relatable to me. They're interesting. They're funny. I tried to watch the Housewives. Those hoes weren't uh, interesting. I just, they were not relatable to me. I could not see myself in them. And then on top of that, their life experiences, I just could not relate to them. It was the same way with the New Jersey chicks and the New York chicks, I just, I just, I was not feeling it. So I really liked the Atlanta housewives and then the Potomac housewives. And I think there was also something about seeing my city, my area, my hometown, my era, like, you know, my stomping grounds, because they're in Potomac, right? But they are in DC and they're in Arlington. Like one of the girls, she used to have a restaurant here in Arlington and Snowbay and I would go to that restaurant all the time for brunch. It's since closed, Oz. But we, we, I loved it there. And so I, it was really nice for me to see all of these places that I recognize. Like when they were filming in Georgetown, I automatically right off knew, knew off the bat where they were in Georgetown. And I just really liked it. And then again, the majority of the ladies on the show, they're women of color. So I really liked that. That was like appealing to me right off the bat. And they're, in the later seasons, the most the most recent season, season five, they brought on Wendy. She's Nigerian. So I was like, okay. So we got a Nigeria, the first Nigerian housewife. So I was like, okay, I'm already gonna like her. So it was just relatable to me, just like Atlanta. I'm really big on representation. I'm really big on diversity. I'm really big on seeing yourself on the screens. And those are the kind of shows that I tend to gravitate to. So I've started watching The Housewives of Potomac, and I'm really liking that so far. I don't like, you know how they be arguing and stuff, but that's just all the housewives. It's manufactured drama, but I like the kids. I like the fashions. I like being able to see my my stomping ground. So I really liked that. And speaking of diversity, one of the shows that I said, I'm on the fence about this, Love, Lovecraft Country. I am on the fence about it, y'all. Every episode was like steeped in black trauma. Like to be black in America is to exist in a state of trauma, just period. But the history of this country of Black Americans is steeped in great triumph, but it's also steeped in great trauma. So every episode was like unlocking another level of Black trauma. It was, and then they have this magic element attached to it. So I, it was weird because I don't really do magic. Like I'm not a big fantasy kind of person, which is weird because I loved Game of Thrones 
And that was, they, they had dragons flying about the place, y'all, okay? Like, you know, your girl was watching dragons and shit and magic. Like, I, I, I can't be a hypocrite, okay? If I was watching Game of Thrones, I could be okay with Lovecraft Country. But it was just, it was, it was interesting. I didn't like it, but I also didn't dislike it. I did hate the way it ended. I hate when a main character, spoiler alert, turn it off, turn this podcast off. If you have not watched Lovecraft Country and you want to watch Lovecraft Country and you haven't, but if you started watching it and you haven't finished it and you want to finish it, skip ahead 30 seconds or just turn this podcast off. But I hate when a main character dies. It really makes me mad because then how are we going to have a season two? And just like Game of Thrones, Lovecraft Country was very comfortable getting rid of main characters at the beginning. Like they were super comfortable with that. And I was like, I don't know, like, what are we doing here? But that one really hurt me. Um, I really hope, I'm hoping against hope that if they do a sec a season two, Teak will come back. I don't think Teak is coming back though. I don't think he's coming back. Um, the the I I really do like though how every episode explored different aspects of the Black experience here in America, specifically Black history, like big cultural things that happened within Black history, like Emmett Till. They covered that. Oh my God, the Tulsa, the Tulsa riots, they covered that. Black Wall Street, they covered that. So I really liked their take on it. I really liked that the Black, um, there are a lot of Black lead characters, female characters, strong characters that we fleshed out their backgrounds. I really, really liked that. So if they're coming back with the season two, I would love to see them continue to do that. And I would absolutely watch it. But if they left it at season one, I guess I could live with that. Um, a lot of, yeah, I, oh gosh, I, I could go on about that show forever. I could go on, but we don't want that episode to get super long. So I didn't really watch a lot. Moving on though, I didn't watch, I said my The Simpsons was my favorite show, but I didn't watch a lot of animated shows. I went back to my movies that are comfortable for me. I know I love Tarzan, The Prince of Egypt, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I watched a couple episodes of Hey Arnold when I was braiding my hair. <laughs> but I didn't really watch any series with Snowman and I that were based in cartoons with the exception of Big Mouth. Big Mouth, I have such a love-hate relationship with that show because it's so disgusting. Boys are so disgusting. Like, I, I'm a girl, clearly, I'm a girl, I'm a woman, so I went through puberty as a girl slash woman, and I do not feel like the experience of puberty from a female perspective, from a woman, from a girl's perspective, was nearly as disgusting as the perspective of boys going through puberty, and I'll ask, because the show is so dramatic, right, I ask him, I'm like, hon, is this what it is really like to go through puberty as a boy? And he was like, yes. And I'm like, that is so disgusting. Like, we watched the most recent season. I will honestly say it wasn't good. I I really liked some of the, I liked that we explored Missy. 
Missy is a biracial girl. Her father is black. Her mother is white. So she went down to Atlanta to see her cousins and they gave her a makeover and they brought out her black side and stuff. So I really did like that aspect of this season. I will say that that is the only thing that I really liked about this season. Um, But other than that, I just didn't think it was good. It was only like six or seven episodes, I think, too. And it almost felt rushed. Like they needed to get something out this year. And they were like, okay, cool. We got it out. We're done. Boom. Let's go. Let's get it. I didn't really care for it, though, to be perfectly honest. So let me know if you're a Big Mouth fan. I'm a grown-ass woman. I feel like I should not be watching that show. (laughs) But Snowman really likes it. So we watched Big Mouth, and it is what it is. Uh, I didn't care for it one way or the other. And another show that we watched... That, well, I watched it. I started actually watching the, hand, the the Handmaid's Tale. I started watching it three or four years ago. And then I stopped because I was like, it was almost like watching tragedy porn in that the main character, June, she never learned from anything. And I, yeah, she, she was not very observant. And I always feel like black women be knowing, right? So if there was a whole entire slow but clear direction in which our country was going in to bring back archaic gender norms and what Gilead ended up becoming, I think black women would have saw that very quickly and gotten the hell out of Dodge. Not June. Not June. June was comfortable with everything going on. She was just a little dumb. And I feel like that's what the tale of The Handmaid's Tale is. It's just June is dumb and makes dumb decisions because every decision she made was stupid. And and, and I, I, it was really hard for me to watch the show. So I, you got the tragedy porn on top of that. And then you just got the main character who just makes dumb decisions time and time and time again. So I didn't even finish, in all honesty, when I first started watching it like three or four years ago, I didn't even finish the first season. I was like, um, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, but it pained in my mind again. And I was like, eh, I'm braiding my hair. I've been, wa- <laughs> y'all, I've, bra- I've learned how to braid my own hair over quarantine. I'm so good at braiding everybody. I was just saying, like, when we were younger, I was a hair braider in the family. I was a hair doer in the family. So I was doing everybody's perms. I was braiding everybody's hair. I was doing, I was straightening. I was doing everything. I was a hairdresser for the family. So I've always known how to take care of my own hair, everybody else's hair, but I never learned how to braid my own hair until this quarantine. And so, P.S. If you never braided your own hair, it's an hours long process. So as I'm braiding my hair for six or seven hours, I had a lot of time to catch up on TV. And so The Handmaid's Tale was one of the shows that I was like, let me give this a chance. I'm braiding my hair. I'm bored. I'm not doing anything anyway. So I put on The Handmaid's Tale. I I watched the last episode of the first uh, season. And then I skipped the entire second season because honestly, I was like, I don't really need to know what happened the second season. I'm not going to watch the entire second season. Let me just jump into the third season. I watched a a second season recap. You know, at the beginning of the season before the first episode starts, I like recap what happened the last season. So I started with season three, episode one. I watched that. They recapped what happened in season two. I felt adequately caught up. Same shit. Tragedy porn. June making stupid decisions. I was like, okay, cool. So then I started season three and again, June making stupid decisions. But now you got Serena in the mix who's supposed to be smart.
making stupid decisions. So I'm like, okay, all right, let's see how this is going to end. At least Moira is removed from the stupid decision making because baby girl made it to Canada and whatnot. So I, I, uh, I ended up watching, I, I ended up finishing it. Long story short, it, it was trash. Um, a lot of people say we're moving towards Gilead. I, I've seen it a lot. I don't necessarily disagree with them. But if we are heading towards Gilead, I hope the women of this country are not making stupid decisions like June because she uh, she irritates me on so many levels. I, I, I don't even know what to say. So moving, I, I did finish that. If there's a season four, I will not be watching the season four unless I decide one night again to braid my hair. <laughs> and then I might give it a watch. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I might finish... Love is Blind, because that's another show. I started watching it over quarantine, and then there was Jessica, and I just, I could not get into that show. I could not get into Love is Blind. There's, like, and again, the only reason why I even considered watching it in the first place was because there was social media buzz around Lauren. I think her husband, boyfriend's name is Cameron, the white dude. Um, they're a very beautiful couple. Clearly he loves Lauren very much. Lauren is great. I just, I just really liked Lauren. She, I think she came out like just the most loved, beloved character. Everybody seemed to love Lauren and from everybody talking about her, that's what made me want to watch the show. And then also Jessica, everyone was talking about her. So I was like, okay, well, let me watch the show. Did not finish it. Did not finish it. Then there was Carlton and Diamond. That situation happened. So there are like small things that happened that I saw go viral on social media that made me want to give the show a chance in the first place. So I was like, okay, let me watch it. Y'all, that show was boring. It was not fascinating. It was not interesting. I, I really try. I really wanted to watch it, but I have standards for my reality TV shows. What I did like about this reality show was that they were in a house. They were removed from TV. It was really, truly an experiment that love was definitely blind and I really liked that first aspect but once they met each other and started like you know getting to know each other I lost interest in it because then it became like manufactured and I could tell some people were just on there to you know boost themselves and you know take this to another degree like they weren't really there to find love they were there to establish a social media personality and get fame off of it like I absolutely feel Jessica was there for love but uh, she was she was just she may have been there for love but mentally I do not think she was ready to receive love like she's one of those people that needs to be like in a therapist chair and receiving self-love before she can receive romantic love mark too I just that kid he he had a lot of issues and I just um <laughs> I just uh I didn't I didn't care for it I I, I did not care I I leaned heavily into reality tv over quarantine and I need to lean right back out of it especially love is blind did not watch that have no intention of watching it but all the couples that matched i wish them the best i wish them happiness and i wish them love but love is blind was not for me and i think i just need to keep those viral moments at the viral moments that i saw and had a good key at and kept it moving so i did watch informative shows this quarantine i did not just watch trash like i watched the reagans and what what we have been told about Ronald Reagan has been a lie. And again, that makes sense because history writes a lot of people in a way that is most desirable and favorable to them, especially if they are white men. 
Ronald Reagan is no exception, but he is honestly one of the worst things that could have happened to America. But throughout history, he has always been given the good edit until the Reagans. This show was absolutely amazing. And some people will call it partisan propaganda, but I think it was a reckoning that was long overdue. A lot of the situations we find ourselves in as a nation today, the largest wealth gap between the rich and the poor, how we approach medical care, the medical system, the how the homeless crisis that we have in this country, the financial crisis we have in this country, the coronavirus response, oh my god, the parallels between the AIDS crisis and now this coronavirus pandemic parallels that are insane. And Dr. Fauci actually was on Ronald Reagan's administration, so it was really nice to see him and how he counseled Reagan and how he's trying to cancel Trump right now and how both of them responded to their respective health crises the exact same way. Like, it is amazing to see the parallels and it's amazing to see the origin of why we are suffering in so many ways as a nation now. If you are one of those people that has believed the lies about Ronald Reagan, you absolutely need to watch the show. And I really liked how they showed that Nancy Reagan was this puppeteer behind a lot of it. Because as much responsibility as you put on Ronald Reagan because he is the president, you also have to put responsibility on the actors behind the scenes that were pulling the strings. And Nancy Reagan was absolutely a behind-the-scenes actor who was pulling a lot of strings. And she always liked to portray herself as this housewife that was just standing by her man, standing by her husband, supporting him, loving him, etc., etc. But baby girl was dirty and manipulative and yo they gave her they dragged her and I don't even want to say they dragged them because that's not what happened they just told the truth about them and I really really liked that so if you if you like history because I do like history I love learning about history properly the correct history and about American presidents so if you love if you like that kind of stuff if you like that historical background and perspective I absolutely encourage you to give the Reagans a watch. And I also encourage you to give First Ladies a watch because I I found First Ladies, honestly, through a recommendation from one of my Instagram followers. They were like, oh, well, if you loved how they covered Nancy Reagan, you'll love how they covered a couple of the other First Ladies. And I've watched a couple of them. I haven't watched all of them, but the ones that I've watched, they were really well done. And I found out so many new things about the First Ladies. For example, Eleanor Roosevelt, she was the one really who pushed her husband to get into the civil rights movement and learn about like impoverished communities. Like she was the push behind that. And that was so fascinating for me to learn. Like she did not get her due in that history really doesn't recognize her and credit her for that. They credit her husband for that. And I'm like, no, that was Eleanor. So it was just, I really like, I love learning. Like I said, I love learning about history and I just love learning about the role that a lot of these first ladies played. So if you are interested in any kind of history, if you're a history buff, those are two that I would recommend, the Reagans and First Ladies. I really like them. I plan on finishing the rest of them, and then I'm going to be disappointed because they're going to be over, and I'm going to be sad, and I'm going to have to find something new to watch. <laughs> and the last thing that I wanted to talk about this year that I watched in 2020 was The Social Dilemma. 
So I talked about the books that I've read in 2020 and two books that I read this year, Contagious by Jonah Berger and How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price. They touch on social media and how social media and our smartphones are engineered to manipulate us and keep us engaged and keep us constantly plugged in and clicking and scrolling and the binging and the dinging and yada, yada, yada. And the impact that most importantly, it's having on our brain and on our psyche. And if you are interested in learning about all of that stuff and you don't want to, you don't have time to read the books, like you may not have time to read a seven, well, four hour book and then a respective seven hour book if you don't have time to give to that, but you want to learn about it, I encourage you to watch The Social Dilemma. I, because I had already read both of those books and then I watched the documentary, it was not, I didn't learn anything new that I didn't already know. It just really underscored though what I read. And it was depressing on many levels because what I liked about it was when I read those two books, I was reading it for personal knowledge and personal fulfillment for myself. What I liked about The Social Dilemma is it showed the impact this is having on children. And when we talk about social media, a lot of the time, we t- I, when I read about the effects of social media anyway, I read about the impact it's having on adults, like how our attention spans are being impacted and how we're not giving love to our partners and how we're neglecting our kids, et cetera, et cetera. The Social Dilemma, what I liked is that it focused on kids, specifically teenagers. This is the first generation that we're seeing that's really been addicted to smartphones. And we are now seeing the impacts of not only that addiction to smartphone, but that social media use being a factor in our daily lives when it comes to children. And I absolutely believe it impacts adults to the same degree, like how many adults feel depressed or how many of them feel like they're keeping up with the Joneses and how they are using so people, other people's social media highlight reels to compare their life against. But what I really liked about The Social Dilemma is it puts down in numbers that you can see how social media is impacting the youth. And if you are a parent, I'm not a parent, but if you are a parent, I think this is so important for every single parent to watch. I don't have a lot against social media. Like I genuinely believe, like I always say, social media is a hammer. You can either use it to build or you can use it to destroy. And so how we use social media is all, it makes all the difference in what we get from it. I use social media to build my community, to connect with people, to offer my skills, to offer what I have. But there are people who use it in destructive ways. And a lot of children are being impacted by the destructive ways in which social media is being used. And the one statistic that stood out to me was the suicide rate of girls between ages 11 and 15 and 15 and 19. And you see this chart of suicide rates from the 1900s, and then you see this chart of suicide rates from the 2000s. And it is mind-blowingly depressing. It honestly made me cry. I mean, I'm an emotional person to begin with, but seeing that on a chart really broke me down. There are so many things that have transpired in the past 100 years, right? So it's very, I think anyone 
If you see the chart in and of itself, you can make so many arguments about what is contributing to it. It could be the breakdown of the nuclear family and the foods that we're using and just all of the different things in the course of life that has changed over the past 100 years, right? So if you're one of those people that thinks that, I want you to pay attention then to the chart from the 2000, like the year 2000, 220, I think it was 2017, and you see that uptick, and the only thing that has changed during that time is actively social media, how pervasive it has become over the past 15 years in a single generation. And you see the number jump from like 2000 to 2015. You see that number, that increase in suicide rates jump. And there's nothing you can attribute to that but social media. And so if you are a parent, I talked about this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, but if you're a parent, absolutely watch that and be mindful of how your children are using social media, especially if you allow them to have a smartphone. So those are, that's my 2020 wrapped in shows. I watched a lot more TV this year than I, I think I ever have. Now that I'm really thinking about it, because when we were younger, we did not watch a lot of TV. And again, like we had two TVs in our household. One was in my parents' room. One was in the common area. And then you couldn't watch what you wanted to watch anyway. So you watched what was on. So we never had shows. And I think that's why The Simpsons has been my favorite show since I was like, I was like, 13 or 14. And I think it's because, again, it didn't require any continuity and it was a cartoon. But I watched a lot of TV this year. And I will say for the most part, a lot of it was entertainment, but a lot of it was also educational as well. So like I said, if you're into history, if you want to learn something new, but you don't have the time to read an ebook or, you know, buy a book and read it via paper, I would encourage you to give us the social dilemma a watch, especially if you have preteen and teenage children. I would even say don't wait till they become preteens. If you have elementary school age children, give it a watch. Make your kids watch it with you. Open up the doors to conversation. And then if you're into history, especially presidential history, I encourage you to watch the Reagans and the First Ladies. And hopefully we will be out of this quarantine slash pandemic situation in 2021. So your girl will not be watching, will not be watching as much TV next year as I did this year. So let me know what you watched this year, what you loved, what you hated. If you watch the same shows as I did and you have a completely different perspective, like if you loved The Queen's Gambit, I really need to hear about this because I struggle to understand how anyone really enjoyed that show. But let's talk about it. You can drop me a voice note on Anchor FM or you can send me an Instagram message over at the Sasha Whitney or at Sasha Spins. And until next time, peace out. Happy watching.